0: You we have a hello.
1: Huh? You're listening to the Don't Go Postal podcast with Donovan Stroud. <music> This is the Don't Go Postal Podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, my name's Donovan Stroud, and I'm here with Tony Carr. Hello, Tony.
0: Hey, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. How have you been?
0: Well, you know, we've been living in the corona, corona world for the last three months, so I'm doing as well as expected.
1: As well as expected.
0: It's good to see you, Donovan.
1: It's really great to see you. We met at the Art Bar for us, I believe, for the first time, or New Brooklyn Tavern, one of those two probably uh if you did you see my first
0: set ever Were you if there? i did i didn't know it was your first set okay I don't think so.
1: it was a new brooklyn tavern and uh i think i might have met you at art bar it wasn't until art bar that i met you
0: okay i think that's that sounds right
1: because you you didn't really uh go to new brooklyn tavern that much uh in my opinion um uh, most yeah. Mondays. Because Monday's I, not a good day.
0: I truly committed to, like, Tuesdays of trying not to go to comedy on Tuesdays. I went, to, I went on Mondays when I could because either I had a class or either, um... Yeah, because there were some semesters I was teaching an evening class on Mondays and things like that. So I wasn't able to really fully commit on Mondays all the time.
1: Uh, what do you teach?
0: Well, um... So your studio audience will know. I, I have a I'm a doctoral candidate in uh, counseling. So I I would teach like well for Monday nights. I was teaching like a, a graduate school like supervision class for the marriage and family for the marriage and family track. But usually I would teach um, undergrad students um, in, in the counsel they had a counseling minor, so I would be teaching them the counseling minor.
1: So you were busy most Mondays. Yes. Gotcha. And so Tuesdays was always a go with Art Bar and going to that open mic and all the craziness that's involved with Art Bar. <laughs> so much random shit has happened at those open mics.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. But it's... it's. I really find it to be a good time. Yeah. And, and it was a... Um, like, when I first got here in Columbia, I, I tried to make a commitment as part of, like, my own self-care and, and the craziness of being a Ph.D. program to, to laugh, to use laughter as, as a way to to um, cope with being in a difficult program. So that was one of the things I kind of, like, did for myself was to, okay, they have, like, open night. You can support, like, the local scene in comedy. It's free. Yeah. So, um...
1: A lot of talent, a did. lot of really talented people.
0: There are a lot of talented people and it, and it was just, it's just really great just to be like a, a person who just goes um, to be able to befriend a lot of you and to, and to be really embraced into like the comedy scene even though I don't do comedy. So.
1: Yeah, how, so how long have you been a fan of comedy?
0: Um, I, I guess I've always been a fan of comedy. Of course, like when I was a little kid, I'm not gonna tell you guys how old I am, but I used to watch those, like those um, variety shows and stuff like that. The skits, type of shows of comedy, you know, sitcoms and stuff like that. But um, I really got interested in, in um, like stand-up type of comedy. It's like I grew up with like a. People like George Carlin and Eddie Murphy and stuff like that. Um, I was too young to, I was too young to listen to Richard Pryor. My parents would let me see the movies, even though they were rated R. I wasn't allowed to listen to his comedy until I was grown. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of like grew up more on Eddie Murphy. Watched Saturday Night Live. So, so a lot of that. And um, when I got back to, I was in the, I was in the Navy for. Um, Ten Not years. Know that. Oh, I shit. thought you knew that. Nah. I was in the Navy for ten years, and like when the USO would come, they they'd always have like a com- comedian. So I would go to those shows. Yeah. And then when I got my ma- when I got out the Navy and went to use my GI Bill to get my masters, I would go to um, tapings of comedy shows. Um, I would go to um, like I listed people on like. Um, on the radio and stuff like that, they come to town. I would go see their shows and stuff like that.
1: So, so comedy's kind of always been around you. Like you seem to find it wherever you're at.
0: Well, it's important to laugh, and, and it's. I think it is a very um, interesting art form, and, and as an art form, I think that like, in and you're a comic. I mean, just like you really put yourself on the line, and and I don't think it would be an easy thing to make people laugh on purpose I mean like when you're with your friends you can like make people laugh like situational stuff or make fun of people or whatever and laugh but it's I think it's really hard to like get up on a stage and make people laugh I think it's very that's a very hard thing to do
1: you're very situationally funny when you you. when you walk into a room you have this uh pretty awesome presence about you you know you're just like Looking at me, you're like big shot, you know, just like (laughs) right across the room, just like big shot. And uh, you'll say that to you know whoever, whatever your thing is, you have with that person. And it seems like you do have all of these, uh, you know, good relationships with people. Uh, I think you and I have had great relationship. Just you being in the crowd and hearing your laugh, where you're Uh like, it's kind of like, (laughs) you know what I mean? You know what laughing talking about? Yeah. Uh, it's I'm like,
0: loud too so that helps
1: it's like a laugh that uh, it's like you're you, it's it's horrible it smokes the horrible jokes you know what I mean and then you'll you'll just I'm trying to think it's like uh, the one where Brown Sugar was on stage and she said you know she was dating a white guy and somebody was like wear protection and then I got up later and I was like talking about a white guy needing protection. You know, that could mean a condom or a bulletproof vest. <laughs> and you did like a, a laugh like yeah. that. And it's it's just it's just good having you around, man. Uh, and making you laugh, I know like I know uh, I'm doing okay.
0: Well, thank you. And yours. Still used to know I call you big shot cuz Donovan definitely has a skill like organizing shows and things like that, and I just he does a good job. You do a good job. I know you're very humble, no. but it's very, but you're very good. Thank you. And the people who have gone to your shows, like who, who have gone participating there, have, have a lot of good feedback about how you organize things too. So,
1: well, been organizing this podcast in the in the quarantine since I haven't been able to do. Comedy. This is like the fourteenth
0: episode
1: that I've recorded. Oh wow! I've all deleted right. uh like four because I just hated
0: them so okay. much. So, well, hopefully you all hate this one. <laughs> I don't want I don't want you to go postal on this <laughs> on this on podcast. podcast. I don't want you postal. to destroy it.
1: You going postal is deleting it. I, I get right. Free. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's yeah. There's no. He's not gonna shoot it up. He's just gonna delete it.
1: You seem like the type of person that uh, thinks for themselves. You have a lot of uh, views on things. And it seems like you don't adhere to one, uh, you know, uh, piece of data. You don't let that one thing determine it. You take every surrounding piece of data on that data, if that makes sense. Yeah. You, you try and get the best perspective on things.
0: Well, I think... Um Especially when I was younger, I think I was some of a people pleaser and things like that. And I would just go along to get along. And I think like the older I I got, um, the and, like I, I, I knew I was smart and, and, and I started like, okay, I have a voice for a reason. I'm going to use my voice and I'm going to, to say whatever I want to say about things. Being thoughtful about them and and like either people will like it if they don't but if they don't like it then that is not my responsibility to make people like what I have to say. We all have different perspectives and they're all important but I I think our um, perspectives have to be informed by our own experiences, by reading, by some sort of research instead of having an opinion just to have it. And being a teacher helps me, like, push people, like, part of my job is like, okay, you're thinking this way with my students, then you kind of like, okay, but you didn't think about this and you didn't think about that. And I think when it comes to, like, education, when it comes to, like, counseling, you have to, to really look at the, the whole picture of things.
1: Right. And most of the time it is people's experiences that affect their perspective.
0: Right. And all because I don't all because I don't agree with someone doesn't mean that they're my enemy or anything like that. I try I try to have a distance from that too. There's there are people I call names because it's just because I get frustrated like everyone else. But sometimes it's just like okay, we're not going, we don't agree, or we all we all have spoken our piece. But you can still have friendships, have relationships with people who whom you don't necessarily agree with. Um, I think um, James Baldwin has a quote: "As long as what you your your beliefs don't oppress me in any way, then it's fine to have those types of of, of beliefs." Like if somebody is going to try to, no, I believe that black people should be slaves again, then obviously that's not somebody I would want to to be friends with. Certainly. Right, which I would say we're friends. <laughs> Well, hopefully you don't believe in Slate. Well, I know you don't. So, yes, Donovan, of course. Thanks for coming. So when you're uh, when you're recording this, when you're famous and oh, stop it! (laughs) It's gonna happen. I'm telling you.
1: I'm humble, like you said. (laughs) But no, man, uh, this is. I think good for me I find it hard to bring myself to this chair because if I'm not recording with a person I'm doing it alone most of the episodes have been alone and uh, I know it's good for me as far as just being able to voice whatever I have out there but it's a completely different thing with a a person like you and that's why I wanted to focus mostly on you because you know all around the art bar and, and supporting the the, pe- the comedy people here it's it's awesome to have a fan
0: yes it's a I like I guess I'm not like surprised, surprised, but like when you think of Columbia you don't think of like comedy but there's a lot of very talented people here and it's and it's really exciting and and there are there's a good amount of people come out on a on a Tuesday night to go see comedy or or at a at a Monday night or some of the other nights. It'll be packed in, in the art bar. Okay. Yeah, so it's so it's really um, It's just really exciting and it's good to have that supportive fan base too, so and Have you ever thought about doing comedy? I'm not a stand-up comedian in any way shape or form. i rather support the art form than to do it myself. So, so you have thought about
1: it. You've decided
0: hell no. I don't know if I really, I don't know. I think my gifts are, are in other places and stuff like that than going up on stage and not everybody. I think that sometimes when it comes to art, everyone thinks they can do things. I've even heard like a well I can go up there and do and do that. And that and uh, not everybody can do that. I mean you you definitely have to have a, a gift. You I think like to to see things to make common situations funny, you have to have a certain perspective to see, to see the, 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 craziness of situations, and, and, and to, and to, to have something that is familiar to everybody, that's universal to everyone, and, 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 show the ridiculousness of that situation, if that's, I don't know, ridiculousness is a word, but, but how, <laughs> but, but how the situation, to find the humor, to find the, the satire, or the, or the market, market situation, like. My mind doesn't I don't think my mind really works that way okay anyone can anyone can say like you know a fart joke or something like that there's gonna be a certain degree of, of laughter to that, but I think to be a comedian it takes a certain amount of finesse so to to do that right so you have to finesse the farts well it's a very, it's still it's, 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 farts are funny, I mean. I've got some fart jokes, as you know. <laughs> so, and it's funny because like the, the how it's done at our bar, it's like that everyone gets like five minutes. Some people, as you know, have seven or eight, but most people have like five minutes.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, um and even for five minutes, like it's it makes me respect that people have like these hour long comedy specials because it's really hard. Like for some people. Like, being funny for five minutes is, is hard. To hold someone's attention for that long is hard. But just to have a comedy show... For an for hour. For an hour. Yeah. That is like... and That is very hard. And to be funny that whole time.
1: Have you seen... Who all have you seen live?
0: Who <sighs> have I seen live? Um, I've seen How Sparks live. He is... Um, where would you know him from?
1: I know House Sparks.
0: Okay. 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 I've seen House Sparks live. I've seen Lee Camp live. Okay. Don't know. Yeah. okay. He's, he's, he's from DC. Okay. Um, he's like a political comic. Huh. Um, also I, like, especially in DC, just where I was, I, I listed a lot of the pol- more political comics.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Jamie Kilstein, he's out in New York. I've, I've seen him several, yeah. several times. He has a, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to advertise his podcast on here, but, but yeah, I've seen him not live. advertise it? I think it's like the, just the Jamie Kilstein podcast. Jamie so, Kilstein podcast. So I would listen cool. to, I listen to, I used to listen to his podcast all the time, and when he would come to DC, I would come go see him and stuff like that. All right. Um, who else have I seen? I haven't seen anybody like, super famous or anything. Oh, I was, I, um, there is, there's there's a a, a a progressive radio talk show called Stephanie Miller and she's a comedian. And she has like, uh, she would have like um, tours and actually she, she's supposed to have a virtual one on the 6th um, and, I, and I've seen her several times. I saw her when I lived in Chicago twice and I've seen her in D.C. twice. I think, and then like um, these two comedians called Frangela were there at least two of the times, and um, they used to like people used to watch those VH1 like '80s things. They used to they used to do commentary on that, and um, John Fugel sang, who's another like um, would always be on the tour, and he's also like um, a more political comic. He also has like a a radio show also, so. You know the name of that? Uh, it's, on, it's on Sirius XM progress from like 9 to, to probably like 9 to 11 or something like that. Serious progress. Yeah, Sirius, nice. that's 127 on Sirius. So okay. Stephanie Miller's on there in the morning from like 9, nine to noon or something.
1: I think she's pretty funny.
0: She is. It's just like they go over the news stories and stuff like that, okay. and then they like make jokes about the news and stuff. So, any uh, thing that you're
1: hyper focused on right now?
0: Well, like politically, or or in life, or sure, everything. We'll be, we'll go
1: with politically, or okay. In politically.
0: Like in life, I'm like working on my dissertation so I can become a doctor and and. Graduate, so that's one thing in my life I'm I'm focused on. But politically, obviously, um, the whole thing with um, with um, the man who died in Minneapolis, George Floyd, um, with a police officer um, putting weight on his neck and, and killing him and stuff like that, and, and like all the protests. I was listening to a lot of that. Um, this morning, this afternoon and things like that. So that's definitely been heavy on my mind. Uh, also like the coronavirus and kind of like looking at it from a, like a mental health type of perspective Mm -hmm. because a lot of people there, um, there's going to be a lot of babies born in December and January due to coronavirus, but there's also going to be a lot of like, there's a lot of people who don't get along with their family. So there's going to be a lot of um, divorces there's gonna be a lot of people who's gonna hurt more people suffer from depression, um, anxiety from like catching like a, a disease like coronavirus is gonna be up. So I also like think about that and like um, what I teach, I always try to bring in like whatever the contemporary issue is to a situation. So I like trying to think of it from a mental health perspective too. So I, I, I think a lot about that.
1: So this podcast could do some good, actually.
0: I was most certainly hope so. So I might be helping somebody right now, Tony. I hope so. I hope so. And and if you if you are in despair or, or whatever, or if you really need to talk to 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 like a counselor or something, a lot of counselors right now are seeing are seeing people through Zoom or video podcast ways, and just really reach out and. If, if you really need to see somebody. 100% and uh, that
1: that was in Missouri right with uh, George Floyd?
0: That was in Minneapolis. Man.
1: Minnesota, yeah. Minnesota. And then that just did a ripple effect to Atlanta. And
0: well it, it started off I think it was um, the video came out a couple of weeks ago about uh, the father and son in Georgia who that's right. Who shot that jogger?
1: Armand right. uh, Aubrey.
0: Yes. Yeah. And then like um, the EMT worker Brianna uh, Taylor, who the police went to the wrong house and shot shot her and things like that. So then yeah. the thing with George Floyd happened. So it's just that just seeing the context, seeing the context of injustice, that can be really frustrating for for people. And I know like I'm tired of seeing these not tired of seeing the stories, but tired of it just continually to happen over and over again, so.
1: Well, like you said, with COVID, it's going to affect a lot of people's uh, mindset, and when you're throwing data like that, it's uh, definitely something that can make people revolt. Yeah.
0: Oh, you would think, like, with something like COVID, which affects everyone, no matter, like, a virus doesn't care what race you are, they don't care about your sexual orientation, they don't care about your gender, how much money you make, it affects everyone, you would think that this would be a time that we would all, like, come together, and yet a lot of these old divisions and and hatreds still come up, and and for, to think that, like, people would have the time and energy to to still deal with that negativity and stuff like that because none of those police officers were in face masks either I mean, um, for for um, Mr. Floyd it's just it's just, it's just really discouraging in a lot of ways for people. Hundred percent.
1: Do you believe most of uh, stuff that's going on like the UFOs with the Pentagon? Do you believe in that?
0: I heard about that. I think uh, I think someone showed it live like those lights in the air and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. I think I need a little bit more evidence for that. If there were aliens that would be super cool I think in a lot of ways. Um, but who knows if anything
1: could unite all races, it would be aliens. Cause we can always just mutually hate aliens.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's funny. Um, I used to, and I still, I still do. Um, when I was in middle school, I started reading the X-Men comics and stuff like that. And the X-Men, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the comics or like the, the TV shows. I'm familiar with X Men. Okay. Yeah. Because it was it's a famous like TV show and then like the movie started to come out. Just like it's basically like like um, the mutants like the humans are against the mutants and there's a lot of fear and hatred of mutants and yet they continue to do the right thing and stuff like that and I think that kind of like help I think that did help me form and shape my my view of of um, race relations and things like that because I grew up in D.C. where there was a lot of diversity um, and um, yeah there's racism but it's just so it's such a diverse area it just wasn't as bad until I moved outside of that area for the first time that I really understood what a lot of the a lot of people's experience with race. I really understood their, their experiences with race because in D.C., um, Howard University is very close by, you know, I went to the University of Maryland, so I always grew up with a lot of black, pro- a, it's a strong black professional class, so I always knew black doctors and lawyers and, and things like that, and and in my experience, like, a me, I didn't feel like there were any restrictions on what I could do. Most of the police officers were, were black, and even though, like, I grew up in Prince George County, which did have a a, a very um, they they were kind of like rough police officers back then. Um, there weren't like a lot of like people dying and stuff like that. Um, so like moving outside of that 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 perspective um, and seeing how like most people live and and and, and the issues they had to do with race, it definitely was really eye opening yeah. for me. So. It was, like, it was really scary for me to, like... Because when I was growing up, like, South Carolina was a bad Carolina. Because people were scared of it, and, like, all the Confederate flags and things like that. So definitely living near Columbia was, like, I was kind of, like, I wanted to go to this program, but I was still, like, a little nervous. Like, obviously, I got... I got here right before, like a year before all the stuff with Dylan Roof, and, yeah. and what happened in Charlotte, Charlotte, uh, Charlottesville happened, and things like that. Charleston, I mean, happened, and um, so by the time I got here, there were like no Confederate flags at the State Building or anything like that. But still, like a Strom and like athletic center and stuff. So. It's 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 definitely interesting, but Columbia was definitely a pleasant surprise because it's a whole lot more progressive and open-minded than I thought it was. They got a cool, you say have like a cool like a um, market and stuff like that on Saturdays and stuff. So that's yeah, cool stuff.
1: It's definitely a, a pretty progressive
0: here. Our bar is very cool, a cool place. So
1: there is still just like a, a group of rich old white people. That sell these houses that get value added to the the property because it used to have slave quarters. You know.
0: I know. I remember the first time I went to um, to Charleston. Um, I was visiting some friends of mine, and it was for, it was a couple of Easter Sundays ago. And then like we're driving to a place where the service was, and then like they said, oh by the way, we forgot to tell you it was it was, it was like a white couple. It's just like uh, this. This used to be a plantation, so like I start freaking out, <laughs> and then like I start. I was trying to be situationally funny, like, during the service. <laughs> I just like the blood of my ancestors are scr- is screaming or whatever. So yeah. So and and things like that. So it's it's, it's really rough. So just like just that different mentality because like having a service or like people having their weddings at a plantation it's just like like to me it'd be like being Jewish and then like it'd be like like having a wedding at a concentration camp I mean it's just really yeah just crazy just the, the way some people think about that
1: yeah it's uh, very difficult to try and understand why uh, anyone think that way so okay. make sure my mic is picking up here it's, uh, so have you always been around uh religion most of your life
0: i've been around religion yeah my i, I would call my parents like metho baptist so we, we grew up even going to a methodist church like a baptist church or something like that so um where I did my undergrad work at Loyola, um, Maryland University, as compared to the other three Loyolas around, um, it was like a definitely like a, a more emphasis in like spirituality and things like that. So I, I, I think it's definitely an important part of, of obviously some people's lives. I think um, religion can be an important part of some people's lives. I think that the spirituality um, can be a, a very important part of, of all people's lives if, if they choose to, choose to let it be that I don't think they necessarily have to believe in a God um, or goddess if they don't want to believe in that but um, I think there's more to us as human beings than just like our bodies
1: yeah so. we're just temporarily in these you know pieces of meat <laughs> it's uh you know we're all bound to die Mm-hmm. Which is something that you know bums most people out. But I always saw it. I remember I was going to the art bar one day and I uh, just like had this idea that uh, life was just people sitting around the table and then people start to get up. Mm-hmm. People get up from the table because I was sitting and it was like Joe Cockland right to my right. And, uh, you know, a little black uh, uh, picnic table stuff that they got out there.
0: Right.
1: Uh, black chairs.
0: It's very black at Art Bar. It's just everything's painted in black. And yeah. <laughs> with colored lights and robots, too, though.
1: It's an awesome
0: place. It is. Yeah, I, th- I think there's, like, I remember when I was little, I wanted, like, to live forever. I was like, how would I live forever? But, you know, like, after, like... All your friends, your parents and your friends and stuff die and then like your kids die and then like your grandkids die. It's kind of like you're, you're kind of like out of place. The world really doesn't belong to you anymore anyway, so, so it'd be time to go. I would want to live for, be like 300 and well, back in the 80s or back in the 90s or back in, I remember the plague of 2020. With the coronavirus plague and people are like, oh man, what are you talking about? I mean it is so I think like we have a certain amount of time on this earth and hopefully do some good things and then when our time is up, it's up. Right. it's uh
1: yeah, it is a bummer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think we all have to get come to terms with our mortality in, in, in one way or another and, and for some people it is like religion or, or faith it helps them make un, um give them understanding but i think that all of us should try to come to terms with it in one way or another and hopefully try to do as much good as we can in right the
1: world. and find least, what means the most to you
0: or at least have as much fun as you can that's,
1: that's a good way you know, living <laughs> the, in the moment mm-hmm. um, how would you say uh, you can stay sane in this pandemic how, how can people uh, keep their their mind intact
0: I think they have I think you have to um, stay busy in, in some ways whether it's watching Netflix whether it's reading books um go outside socially distance we'll, like walk around like um your area if you have enough space in your house that you can like do exercise or something or yoga or whatever i think you should do that um, and just i think the cool thing about um uh, being in the world and especially if you have like the internet or something like that do like zoom calls with your friends stay connected to people just don't be like looking sad and isolated and, like in your house or in your room or whatever Try, be very intentional about the, the connections that you you make yeah um if if parks around you are open socially distance and, and just talk to talk to people you can wear a mask you can definitely be six feet apart or whatever but just be very intentional about whatever you need and if it's connections that you need to seek those out in health and, Health, healthy and safe ways. Uh, keep your mind stimulated. Um, do chores you, you you didn't think you didn't have time to do. I mean, I've washed
1: so many dishes. this morning. <laughs> <of time. laughs>
0: Were they just like piled up in your? No, look,
1: it never piles up. That's the issue. It never piles up. That's well, actually not an issue. It's a good thing, but it's just annoying.
0: It is, yeah, I mean, so it so there's a lot of per- just to really keep your mind active, to stay active, to do things and to find hobbies that are, um, to help you be the best person that you can be. So, and and I think, um, and a lot of artists, whether it be comedians or musicians and stuff, I think they've been very good about like, um, posting things online, like whether it be on Instagram or like, Facebook or whatever live, like they've been showing like free concerts and stuff like that. Like a lot of the local comedians around here have put some free stuff up. And so, um, cause you can't be a performer without the audience, right? So, so it helps them do their art, but also um, helps other people kind of like get through this, this pandemic too.
1: Yeah, cause creating is a great way to stay sane.
0: Mm-hmm. You're
1: creating something, Like, writing a joke out and then saying it on stage, that is the best creation in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just making any kind of art, you know, just drawing, using a pen, whatever.
0: Have you heard uh, Fiona Apple's new album, Festive Bolt Cutters*? I have not. It's really good and I think she she made the majority of the album during the coronavirus or all of the album. Um, you can hear some of her dogs barking in the background she uses like some utensils and stuff like that to make some of the sounds for for the album and things like that it's just very I don't think it could have been made in any other time except the time that we're in now and it is it, she's always been a great lyricist and stuff like that and, and a great singer so it, 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 like listening to that I could really it just kind of like fits where we are right now yeah so.
1: And for someone to be able to capture that, yeah. Right now, comedians don't really have a way of capturing it. We can't go on stage.
0: It's really hard because, like, even like the the late night people, like Jimmy Fallon and, and all the rest of them. I'm sorry, I don't know all the, all the names of them. James Corden or or whoever people listen to. I mean, it's really hard because you're at home. And they have their monologues, but they don't have an audience. Yeah,
1: it's not the same.
0: So it's not the same. I guess it's the same with athletes, too. Like, athletes aren't really doing their thing right now. But well, they...
1: they did the UFC. Did you see that? Uh-uh, no. They did the UFC with no crowd.
0: How, how was
1: that? Uh, people liked it because okay. there's a lot of silence. So you can just hear the, the whole thing.
0: Okay. I guess I'll be trying it with basketball. Well, not the basketball season was over, but, like, with football soon, I guess. But.
1: Yeah, uh, there, I saw there was a soccer team that's got approval for, like, August training or something. I was like, Look. Oh,
0: okay. It's, like, it's really hard with, with sports like football and soccer to, to perform because, like, part of it is, like, the audience and just getting the thrill of hearing all the cheers and stuff. But I guess we'll see how it how it goes. guess it really didn't affect golf games that much.
1: No, <laughs> you talking about Trump?
0: No, not not his golf case. But you know, like golf, you are going to be silent anyway. And, oh and yeah. People can take golf, and you and the and the only thing you really get out of like a, a golf audience is like a polite clap once in a while. So I don't even think they've been doing golfing, have they? I don't think so either, because it takes a lot of people to be on the golf court, court to, in the golf courses and stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, so, one that would work with no crowd. NASCAR.
0: That's true.
1: Only the pit crew and the racers.
0: So, it was funny. Like the first time I watched NASCAR, I didn't like get it, and I was like so bored because they're just going around. I was like, "What is it?" And then, like, I went to a NASCAR thing, and I saw like the the party atmosphere of well, it. Here's the
1: thing: get rid of the the whole crowd, right? Mm-hmm Increase the speed that the cars oh. can go, <laughs> and then like. Not only are you getting no crowd casualties, but you're gonna get more wrecks, and that's the whole point
0: of watching it. Oh my this gosh! Just increase this. All right, Donovan. People would watch that, sadly. So you're completely right about that, but it might not. There'd be less NASCAR drivers by the it. end of this. Pandemic, too.
1: Well, AI is gonna just be the racers. We'll just have AI run the cars. Oh, okay. So it'll just be an action movie with no blood.
0: Or, or the racers could be on runs like remote control steering their cars or whatever.
1: Yeah, just, uh, yeah, like a Tesla driving their own. Tesla should start like a new NASCAR with just theirs and only wreck it, man.
0: Well, they're electric cars, so they wouldn't be any noise or anything. They can go
1: fast as shit,
0: though. <laughs> Have you ever been in a Tesla? Uh, no. I've been in one. I've been in, actually. I've been in two. They're, they're very high tech. They're very nice. Wow. One of the doors like open up like a DeLorean. I've seen those. And then a friend of mine another friend of mine uh, has a Tesla, and his his door opens normally. Like a regular door, but it's so high tech in there. It's just really cool. Yeah. I'll never be able to afford one, but. They're nice. i mean, they're starting out, the
1: default or whatever standard issue is like thirty-nine thousand. I think I saw. I'm still poor. Man, come on, man! You, <laughs> I, you make that good
0: money. I don't make any money right now until I get out there and get a real job. So.
1: What's a real job mean?
0: I don't know. Like something having a. Well, I guess I, I go to school to become like a professor or whatever. But I think I could uh, make a decent. But either either I'll become a, a full time professor or else I'll be an adjunct somewhere and then then I could still counsel too. So was an I, adjunct. Adjunct professor is not like a full time professor, but they teach a couple of classes for university. Uh, they just teach specialized classes and, and, and just get paid for those specific classes that they teach. Alright.
1: So, what made you want to get into teaching?
0: Well, um, I'm old Donovan, so what else am I supposed to, no, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> um, I've had, like, a lot of cool experiences, and I think that those experiences would just... I'm I'm to the point in my life where I want to, like, give back and just share some of my my, my experiences with counseling people um, to the next generation of people, so... Respect. So...
1: Uh, you seem like the type of person that uh, likes to think for themselves.
0: I, I think I think everyone should think for themselves. I think people should should get the best information that they can. Um, learn the difference between like propaganda and like real facts and things like that. Because I think that's a lot of the problem with our country right now. There's a very strong anti-intellectual bent, and as as much good. As the internet and things like situate and places like that are good at like getting more information out, people aren't either discerning the information that they're give- given or else they're just like listening to information that already reinforces their point of view. And I think both of those things are very dangerous. I think that you have to to look at different sources uh, of information so you can come up with better ideas and better thoughts and things like that. It's important for everyone to to think for themselves. Another reason, actually, another reason why I did go into education is because, like, um, my experience, especially like with um, public school, and even some college, it just seems like they they just and why a lot of people don't like school is because they really push like conformity very strongly. Like, you get tardy if you're late for class, and you must do this at this certain time. and things like that, and and, and there's even, and especially since now they like teach you to the test. You're not even really taught to think anymore. You're taught to 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 learn things so you can pass this test and that. Like like especially like in um, public schools, so they can get more funding and things like that. And it's just and the cool thing about teaching on a college level is that you for for those who who want to you get the opportunity to really learn how to think and to use your brain and think of things in different ways.
1: Right. Instead of just a fucking piece of paper with letters A through D on it.
0: Right. That you really learn something from it. So there's been classes like that I've taken that I got like a B in the class or something like that, but I really learned a lot because the teacher was really good. And, and, and there's so many people, even in, at the college level, they're so obsessed about getting an A an easy A than like a challenging and really learning something and getting a B on something. I don't think I
1: learned anything in any class, and I failed most of them.
0: Yeah, and and I think that that a lot of schools are for a particular type of students who are very good at like memorizing facts out of a book and, and recalling information and for di- and for generally able students mm-hmm. who learn it. More hands-on, or who like to like um, think about something a whole lot deeper. School really doesn't do that much for.
1: And that's why some like you know programmers and stuff for like uh, computers and stuff. Like uh, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The Napster guy or whatever, like dropped out of high school. These genius people, they just can't do school, and then like. Is that because it's set up wrong?
0: Like, is yeah, I would say I, I would say that school is only set up for a certain type of student to achieve. It's not for the way, the different ways that people learn to to yeah. achieve. Like, if you have a photographic memory, you can get straight A's, and you you might have all the information, but you don't know. How, how to integrate the information for it to be any good. Just memorizing things and spewing them out on a test does not mean that you know the information or you know how to apply the information.
1: Whereas a hands-on approach would already give you that experience.
0: Right. And it would help students who, like, okay, you've taught the concept, now let, let it uh, show them and the practice on how to do it. And then I think students would be will do a lot lot better and, and like and sometimes school is so passive for like for men or whatever it can be very boring and you know and, and, and it's very hard um, to stay attention you, because you have to be quiet because that's part of the conformity you have to be quiet yeah you can't talk in class you have to listen to your teacher you have to do your work quietly and like, do, like when you go to a job, you have to know to collaborate with people. You know how you have to bounce ideas off of people and you know, have to work with other people to do, to do your job. And I haven't been in a job where you, I haven't been in a job personally where you just have to sit it, be quiet and listen to someone talk. I mean, yeah. so it doesn't really, even a, really help people in the, in the working working field either. Yeah, they just
1: gave us the lame, you know, partner up, getting the teams of four, and that was the only team exercise we did, but it was always just one person that did the whole work. Right. Or, uh, you know, like people that shouldn't be leading, leading, I don't know.
0: We have to, well, the teachers, I think, because I'm I'm in counseling, and, and, and my counseling programs in the education department, the teachers definitely have the skills to teach people in different ways, it's just we have to change the system to, to get away from all that testing because that testing really ties teachers' hands and things like that. Hmm. Um, so they definitely have the skills to, to be more creative in the way that they, they do information, but you just have to be rewarded for it. And we do have to pay teachers more. We do have to, and we have to have education work for everyone, not just for like people who, like reading books all the time, so
1: yeah you can't just be a nerd and like go do all your homework and get straight A's from studying like fuck those people
0: <laughs> and, and it's funny because the sad thing is that they've done studies about Valor Victorians and seller Sal- Victorians and they're not, it's very rare that they're the most successful people in their classes they're not even like the like if if you're the Valor Victorian and then like you're just su- a successful CEO Later, then it would make a lot more sense but a lot of times they're not even the most successful people um, when they get out in the real world
1: well uh, I would say if you start winning a lot in life at an early age it can kind of fuck you over in the in the end because you get so accustomed to winning and winning and winning and then you're like oh shit I lost and
0: then that leads to four more. We used to we used to call that like peaking too early. So look, there's some people, they definitely peak in high school. Those are to their goals. You balance days. it out though,
1: right? Like you have yeah. to adapt to every new situation you get into.
0: And, yeah, and some people peak in college. And then there's people who, who are definitely live for the long haul and stuff like that. So and it's, it's really sad because I've definitely had friends in the past that they want to relive the good old days of high school, and, and like I did okay in high school. I liked high school and everything. It was a, it was a, a positive experience for me. But still, I don't want to relive. I've done a lot more interesting things. I used to since think that school.
1: everything going on in high school that was just the biggest deal. Like <laughs> the football team. That was I was on the ninth grade football team. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was the second string punter. Donovan,
0: I used to bully the punter in my school what <laughs> you probably could have whipped my butt but like no but like he was in our class and, and actually the team our football team was real was pretty good but he'd like be bragging about the football team i'm like dude all you did was like <laughs> all you did was like feel i mean you're just, you're the kicker dude you're you're how long how many minutes do you have to feel like five minutes and then like uh it's not bullying That's
1: not bullying.
0: and then like on like and then, like, is bullying like, when, like, he misses a field goal, like, and we lose a game? Oh, shit. And you would then, rub like, it in his face? Oh, yeah. I would completely do that. He, wow. My,
1: uh, <laughs> my, uh, stepbrother, he was a kicker in high school, and he... And,
0: I, and for the record, I have full respect for people who, who, who kick and punt and stuff like that for Like, I definitely could not do it.
1: I think I, I punted it once. There the, the, it was a little, uh, short... Uh, hispanic guy that was the first string punter and uh he would punt most of the time but one time he got leveled just completely leveled Uh, and they had to put me in punt after that because he had a basically a concussion for a couple uh, minutes it's
0: just it's funny because a lot of times they pick like uh uh soccer players or something to end up being the punters and stuff like that i played soccer too
1: but uh, what I was saying is my brother was a kicker, and he he kicked and missed the field goal for the the winning, like, last couple seconds.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Did I'm, people give him a hard time?
1: Yeah, and he, he gave himself an even harder time. Yeah,
0: that's hard. But if you're playing the game right, you shouldn't put everything on the kicker in the first place. If you Don't just, you
1: bully my brother.
0: I'm going to bully your brother. <laughs> Is he a younger brother or older brother?
1: He's uh, older. He's two years, nine months. All right. Very cool. He was also... Uh, hopefully,
0: he's over it by now.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure. He's okay. had other stuff happen that's a lot worse than that. <laughs> which is part of life.
0: Yeah, if that was the worst thing that ever happened in his life, I think he, he would have done pretty well for himself. Yeah.
1: That's, that's the thing. He's like you think you've experienced the worst thing at a, like a young age and then like you see that it's not the worst thing like continuous things can keep getting worse and you'll look back like man I remember this being the worst thing and that's not that bad at all. I would love to go back to that.
0: Well, this I think that's uh, it's just developmentally where we are when we're adolescents and it's just like you're really trying to find your identity what other people think and feel about you Um, really matters to you like your high school is your whole universe because you don't really know any anything better a lot of people they they get the same school not those same live they don't move around a lot or whatever so that's all they know and and, and it could be really uh, myopic but like once you kind of like get out of that that loop you see the world's a lot bigger and then like you spend your your 20s like proving that you can do certain things, so by the time you're 30, you're kind of like, I can do this, I've been doing this. Then you can really start to chill out a little bit. Right. I
1: had something for that, I was going to say. What what was that last part you said? Say that last part again?
0: You get to your 30s, and like you've had years of proving that you can do whatever, make all the career goals that you that you could do it then you could like chill out as a person a little bit more
1: yeah i was gonna say that um that which goes along with that is just like the sooner people realize that they don't need every single person's approval and they don't have to really care about what other people uh may think of them and they just decide to be themselves mm-hmm. and like if I think the sooner you realize that the better yeah when, when you can just not worry about any outside factors and just be yourself
0: it takes a yeah it takes a lot of growth it takes a lot of inner work to get to that point point. and some people they some people don't ever get to it but a lot of people they do and it's so much more liberating than trying to to live up and impress other people
1: have to take everything into consideration though so that my way is still like not even that good you know I got, I have to be aware of the outside factors I yeah can't just decide to do something and it's like oh I don't give a fuck about the repercussions
0: yeah it's there's a difference between like obviously you have to care about the people we're on this planet what seven billion other people or it might be eight billion money I don't know I mean so you, you just can't do whatever you want to do but, but also, you shouldn't let, like, especially the negative things that people say to you determine your, your destiny, too. If you want to do something great, then you shouldn't let other people prevent you from, from being greater. If if people say, well, you can't do that because you're too this or you're too that or whatever, you shouldn't let them prevent you from, from fulfilling your dreams or, or doing what you want to do. Right. So, yeah. it's hard to live for other people.
1: It is. You're having to please everyone. Yeah. yeah. When I was a pathological liar uh, in community college, that was the biggest thing. I was trying to keep up with so many lies, you know. It was just like I wanted to please everyone and wanted them to like me, so I lie about a bunch of different things. And, you know, I talked to them like two weeks later, like, oh, shit, I said that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you got I got to back it up because I've, I've been trying to please everyone and lie.
0: And it's really cool that you're you were able to just break out of that too and, and just really be your authentic self because like the real you is better than a fake someone else. Yeah. And try and, and I can't, I can't imagine how much time and energy it took just to 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 really try to because it takes a lot of mental work to, okay, what is this? How can I best impress this person? What can I say? And then to keep track of all of those different stories. Like when you can say that just be yourself and it's just more liberating. And it's more liberating, yeah, I made mean, a mistake. I, I messed up, I'm I'm not perfect. Like no one is perfect. I mean, and, and we can live our authentic selves. Um, we can definitely be a lot happier, right? Uh, what are some of your core values? What's well, some of my core values? I don't know. Um, I think loyalty is important. I think um, kind of like what we we're saying before, just like just being authentic is important. Um, I think those are the two major ones, at least. Loyalty is a good one.
1: That was uh, always my issue. Loyalty. Huh? That was always my issue in the past.
0: You need people to be loyal or or be loyal.
1: I was not a good I was not a good friend. Uh. Not a loyal friend. I throw people under the bus.
0: It happens. You outgrow it.
1: (laughs) I could still be an asshole. I'm not trying to be a... It's the biggest issue. Yeah. So what do you think of all the race wars going on?
0: I don't think that there are race wars. Um, I don't think that there's, like, um, white against black people. I think that it just has to do with people fight for equal justice under the law, and that's been a problem for the United States for a long time. So I just think that um, that people need to be treated equally and fairly, and, um, and I think that's what it's about. I don't think there's any, anything about black people hating white people um, or anything like that. I just think it's just that people want to be treated equally. You can't have it that there's people who come with guns to a state house one day and they're like threatening like the the governor and and things like that. And then the police don't do anything. You get somebody's protesting police violence. Then you come out with all your all your uh, your gear and stuff like that, all your military gear. It just it just doesn't seem fair. It, it doesn't seem fair that like people take a traffic stop. And someone ends up dying of a traffic stop, but you can, Dylan Roof kills nine people and yet you take him to Burger King and then like you, he comes in alive. It, to me, that just doesn't make any sense. Is that literally what happened? They took him to Burger King? Yeah. They, what? Uh, yep. They called up. He was found in North Carolina and they took him to Burger King before he went to jail. Because I guess he was hungry. So they could see the humanity in somebody who murdered nine people, but yet they can't see the humanity in, in someone who was who black or whatever. So it's, I think once we we kind of figure out how to navigate all that, then the world would be a lot better place.
1: 100%. I did not know they took him to Burger King. That's fucking insane. yeah. That's uh, the past time when we were worried about school shootings and now it's the pandemic and all these other things and school shooters are, uh, you know, they can't go postal anywhere. There's nowhere to go now.
0: Well, I just hope whatever, like a lot of school shootings, um, I guess there's different reasons why people do that. I just hope that, um, what whether it's bullying, whatever the reason is, why kids feel to feel the need to result to violence like that. I just hope that we can really, as a society, kind of like address that issue.
1: I think it goes back to what we were talking about with thinking that what's going on now is the biggest thing in your life. And so with that being bullied and something bad happens to this kid publicly, he gets embarrassed, and then he comes back with a gun. You know, like he thought that that... Public embarrassment was the worst thing. And so he's decided, I'm going to be an adult. And he's tried to does that, you know, like the worst thing. Yeah. He thinks he's an adult because of this horrible thing going on in his life. But then there's the flip side to like people that can become mature at a young age. And the people that uh, develop and learn a little bit quicker than other people, more, you know, because they have more responsibilities, like if you have more responsibilities as a kid, you're you're bound to be more of a, a you, you'll be more uh, like having to take care of your other kids, your brothers and sisters, whatever, you know, like they'll have to have some responsibility with that and become more adult-like uh, in a way, like mentally. Mm-hmm. That was a tangent that was not that great. Uh, no problem. It's fine. Um, do you have any trauma in your life?
0: Any trauma?
1: Anything that's affected you and how you lived your life?
0: I think I've been very lucky as far as that, that concern. I really no like trauma, no assaults or anything like that that happens in me or anything like that. So. I've been very charmed in that way.
1: Okay. reason I ask is I talk about that in the podcast, yeah. It's my trauma and passing out on the route and, you know, I, I drink more water now and eat more so I don't pass out on, on the route because that was scary. Oh, so I kinda, can imagine. It's kind of traumatic. I tried to make a joke about it on stage in Charleston once and it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. You've seen me bomb, you've seen me do good, you've seen everything in between as far as my stand-up.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, not everyone has a has a good night. There's a lot of people who who don't do well, a lot of it depends on, well, subject, obviously, some does depend on the material, but some of it depends on who's there, who thinks what is funny. It, it's just so many factors. That's why I think that like, stand-up is so difficult.
1: Uh, yeah. I never really, I guess, took that into account. Uh, I guess I just treated it like a kid. It's just like i get up there and I'd do whatever and didn't really have the, uh, I guess, respect needed. Like the respect of what's going on when you're up there.
0: Yeah, I guess you got to, like, read the audience or whatever. So
1: Yeah, and the energy that's with it. Mm-hmm. I never took into account the energy as I was up there towards like the last couple months before the quarantine, I was starting to take it into account more that this, I was, you know, creating a moment for the audience and yeah, I fucking miss
0: it, man. <laughs> well, hopefully you get back to it soon. Yeah, hopefully. So I think McMaster's did extend some, some things for a while, but hopefully... June or, I mean, maybe middle of June or July or something. Things might be, be selling down a little bit.
1: Yeah, uh, people need to get back to work. People need to make money. Small businesses need to get back on their feet.
0: Yeah, definitely. But at the same time,
1: man, this virus is something that is scary as fuck. It's uh, got the ability to mutate and turn into something way worse than we imagined yeah and we have to stay aware of uh what's going on in the moment so that uh you know we are prepared for anything to happen to us and we're not and we're not even more destroyed because it destroyed our our plans for the future you know and so if something horrible happens that destroys the plans you know at least you're in the moment it's not as bad i don't know that was that was not a good tangent either.
0: <laughs> yeah, like um, definitely, uh, COVID nineteen is definitely nothing that um, we've experienced in our lifetimes, and we have to just really be really diligent. I mean, I know it's long. I know a lot of people are, are tired. I know it's really affected a lot of people's employment situations and things like that. But but until it's like really safe for all of us to be out there. We just have to just take those types of precautions. And I know um, a lot of people are anti-wearing masks for for one reason or another. And the mask, I mean, is to protect other people. Um, And we just have to be respectful for that because there's a lot of people who are um, elderly. Some people um, just do the medications they take or whatever. They have suppressed immune systems. So we want to just... Until we get enough testing, just protect as many people as we can the best way that we can. I agree Oh horribly, man.
1: And uh, hopefully we can get back to some comedy and the art bar and all the fun times that are going on there. And you'll eventually be able to make it to the sandbar, I hope, for a comedy show you haven't made. I it will to
0: have to eventually make it. I will. I will make it before I leave, definitely.
1: Well, Tony, thank you for uh, coming and doing this podcast. I hope it keeps uh, listeners uh, able to stay sane and not go postal.
0: <laughs> All right. No one out there go postal. All right. Peace out. All right.